0: The following program is pre recorded. From Buck Studio at Wisconsin Public Radio, this is Zorba Pastor on Your Health. I'm Tom Clark here again with Family Doc Zorba Pastor to talk with you about what's new in healthy living share some down-to-earth advice and great lifestyle tips to help you enjoy a longer, sweeter life. If you have a question for the good doc, the number to call is 800-462-7413. And along with your calls, we have some topics to talk about, Zorba.
1: Colds in the wintertime. Why do we get them? What can we do about them? Everyone wants to know about colds because nobody wants to have a cold. And you know, when you get the common cold and it happens to you, it's not common. It's like the worst cold I ever had. It's unique. And then probiotic bacteria may help people with bad breath. Halitosis, Hmm. the bane. Don't you remember when you were in high school, halitosis was like a topic? No, I don't. (laughs) Well, do you remember high school? (laughs) <laughs> I do. I do remember <laughs> high school. <laughs> and we have a great, wonderful recipe. Tom, I know how much you love it. Avocado breakfast tacos. I know avocado just sings to your heart, right? You love avocados, don't you? Well <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, if you love avocados, you will love this recipe. Okay, to the phones
0: we go now, Zorba at one eight hundred. 462 7413. That's 800 462 7413. Our first caller now joins us from Menominee, Wisconsin. Hi.
2: Well, hey, folks. I'll tell you, this foreign disease, I've had it three times now. Wow. And, um,
1: three times?
2: Yes, sir. And I've had two, three rounds of different antibiotics. Mm hmm. I still have the rash under my left breast and on my back. Uh-huh. And I talked to my doctor. I said, what happens if I get it again? Yeah, right. He said, we're going to refer you to an infectious disease specialist. I am uh-huh. terrified. Uh-huh.
1: Well, first of all, when, when's the first time you actually had it?
2: August of last summer. And
1: this was proven, uh, in other words, tell me how the test was done. Who did the test? Your doctor?
2: Well, they did a initial blood test when mm-hmm. Doc, as soon as Doc saw the big red patch on my knee, uh-huh. okay, he ordered the doxycycline right away.
1: Got you. And then they and, did, um, and then they did the initial blood test, and then they did the yes, secondary sir. blood test.
2: Uh, I believe so. They tested for Lyme, mm-hmm. and they did a, a panel.
1: A panel, t- okay. Got it, yeah. Got it. For, yes. other, for other things, they may mimic that. Okay, got it. And then, uh, so you've got had a recurrence of what, the rash, or what kind of symptoms did um, you have? Well, I
2: had a recurrence of the rash at a different site um, from mm-hmm. a second tick bite, they believe. Uh-huh. And then um, it started all over again. Uh-huh. It was about, it was summer of last year, and mm-hmm. then I got through the winter, and then in the spring, uh, it came back again. Uh-huh. And I had another rash.
1: Went so back, so you're getting
2: the whole treatment.
1: So you're getting recurrent tick bites. Are you a forest ranger or something like that?
2: <laughs> I teach horseback riding, <laughs> and I'm a gardener, and I'm German Lutheran type triple A. I don't ever sleep. I'm always working.
1: <laughs> you see, there, there we go. It's something like that? Um, well, there are a couple of things. First of all, I think you should go to an infectious disease doc. Absolutely, 100%. You know, that and rheumatologists also often deal with recurrent, with recurrent Lyme disease. The real question is, is the rash coming back? Do you still have an infection in there? Uh, or are you just having a response, sort of a post-inflammatory response from the infection that was there in the first place? So uh, now when it comes back, is the rash coming back? Is the blood test showing something different? How is it how is it manifesting, just in a rash or arthritis? What's what's going on?
2: I've had the rash since the first initial mm-hmm. um, infection. Mm-hmm. What happens is the second and third round, I just knew by the way I felt. I, Doc, I have never felt so miserable in my life. Uh-huh. And I knew as soon as I felt that lethargy and the I, I don't care, I don't want to eat, I don't care about of So you're really attitude. having, you're
1: really having lots, of, lots of different symptoms. Okay, It's, horrible. Okay. I have it's a rec- horrible. I have a recommendation. I think you should see an infectious disease doctor, 100%. Okay. That's what you need. Okay. Because you've got to find out, hey, is this a recurrence or is it one disease that simply has not been fully eradicated? What can I do about it? You need to have doxycycline with you. So if you get a tick bite, you take 200 milligrams at the onset of a tick bite. And you've got to check yourself when you're, you know, in the garden pretty much every night because a tick that stays on you for more than really for about 48 hours can transfer it. If it's less than 24 hours, 24 hours or less, it doesn't transfer that. But then you, you really want an ID doc to see whether or not other panels are going on. And if they don't have the full answer and you're getting the rash again, then you want to go to a dermatologist to see if the rash is due to something else that's going on in your body.
2: Sure. I got it. I got it. You know, now, are you basing this suggestion on the fact that I still have the rash, or are you basing it on just the fact that it could, I could just start feeling horrible again, or both?
1: I, it's both. I'm basing it on both. And I'm basing it on the fact that you called this number. In other words, it, talk to me. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> I don't want to go through this again.
2: It's, it's the worst I've ever felt, and I've been through the mill in my 64 years.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, like I said, you're not a forest ranger, but you love being in the garden. That's what comes. sir. So good luck. Get an ID consult. That's what I would recommend. Uh,
2: what did you call that?
1: An infectious disease consult.
2: Got it. Okay. I will do that, Doctor. Thank you.
1: You're welcome. Thanks for your call. Thank you very much for the call. 800 462
0: 7413 is our number. If you have a question for the good doc, 800 462 7413. Zorba, before our next call, scientists finally know
1: why people get more colds and flu in the winter. Right, it's kind of interesting. Now, when was the last time you had a cold? It's been a while. It's been a while. Uh, do you get do you get them every winter or not? No. Uh-uh. So you don't get the, You don't get them every winter. You know, whenever I have a cold uh, and I feel awful, and I always say, I, "This is the worst cold I've ever had." You know what my wife says? No. She says, you say that every time you get a cold, that's what she goes. <laughs> yeah. <says>. She always <laughs> says it's the worst cold, you know, what it is. Cause, and I'm around, you know, especially when I worked full time, I was around people with colds all the time, you know, out wearing masks. But, but it's interesting. I've always assumed that one of the reasons we get more colds in the winter is it's colder in the winter, it's darker, and people are indoors. Yeah, you know, Which well, I Well I'm
0: I'm getting I'm old now, and I you think are, when you get old you don't have as many colds. You got enough other bad stuff.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so there are things that bother you more than colds. That's yeah. right. Arthritis, difficulty yeah. walking, can't yeah. remember where I put my keys. Exactly. You know, the exactly. other the other usual stuff. I just checked for my keys, by the way. When I set it to make sure they were in my pocket. Anyway. Getting back to colds. Yeah. So one theory, which I think is the case that you're in closer, you know, closer proximity with other people. We know, by the way, there were fewer colds last year and the year before because of COVID and people wearing masks. They weren't around each other. But there may be a biological molecular explanation from this, according to a professor of otolaryngology at Stanford. And reducing the temperature inside the nose by as much as nine degrees. Apparently kills fifty percent of the billions of bacterial and viral fighting cells in our nostrils. So think about a time you know that you're close to somebody. Your first defense is in your nose. In other words, when you, you breathe it in, and you've got all these great. <laughs> you don't think about your nose much, do you? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you're laughing. <laughs> you know, so Jimmy Durante must have never had a cold, right? Because he had that big, that big yeah, nose. Yeah. Anyway. Your nose – and it appears that when the temperature is down, these bacteria that they actually live in your nose, the cells rather that fight the bacteria that live in the nose, don't do very well. They're not as active. They're not taking care. They're not actually producing what things called extracellular vesicles that actually take care of the viruses and bacteria in the nose. So the problem is the nose is too cold. That's what we think. Maybe it's the not just the nose is too cold. The nose is too cold. So I've got an answer, and I've got. Something that will make me a billion dollars. Uh, some kind of thing that comes over your nose. That's right. And heats it. A little little, little battery-powered device in the yeah. wintertime that you go around. We just have to get some, you know, we have to get something like Brad Pitt to wear it that goes over the nose that will keep the nose warm and will keep you from getting colds. And then we've got to make it stylish so you can have expensive ones for people. Yeah, right. What do you right. – <laughs> <laughs> Good idea. Anyway, it's the cold air in the nose that actually reduces the ability of the nose to fight colds. And that's why we get sick in the wintertime. Maybe my mom was right when she said, shut the window. You'll get a draft. You'll die of a cold. Your mom really <laughs> said that to you? I don't believe it. She did. No, you don't. Know, come on. Do, you, do I lie? Do I look like I lie? No, I mean, no, you never Never, lie. never, no, never. No. never.
0: 800-462-7413 is our number. one eight hundred four six two seven four one three. 462 7413 Now, Zorba, we have a voicemail from Knoxville, Tennessee.
3: I would like to know if there is anything that can be done for
0: poor circulation, particularly in my feet, what can be done for the poor circulation. Thank you.
1: Well, poor circulation can mean a lot of things. So if it's arterial circulation, in other words, if you've got bad arteries going to your knees or your legs, it can be very serious and actually can cause you to amputate, like toes and and feet can be amputated from a very poor circulation. But most people, when they complain about circulation, and that circulation you know because it's extremely painful. Remember when you were a kid – you would get up, Tom, and you would say, "My foot's asleep," and it would hurt, and it was painful. Do you no. remember that at all? No. You know, you know something. <laughs> you are so old. Yeah, you can't, can't remember. Ask me about you, something like five you, years do ago. Remember, and I might do you remember? Do, a better job. do you remember when you were a child? <laughs> Can you think back that part? Yeah. But anyway, anyway, yeah. do you remember when you were a kid and you'd say, "Hey, my foot's asleep," and it would be painful, and you'd have to bang it.
3: And needles
1: yep for sure, right, that was because you sh- you cut off the circulation of your foot, that was an arterial that was the beginning of an arterial problem, and people with serious circulatory problems have that all the time, and they often mm. need surgery or something else, but other people, most people when they say their their circulation is poor it 's a venous problem, and the way to solve that is actually often to wear support stockings. And you can get minimal support stockings, moderate or serious. You can go to the web. You can get them on the web. And they often will help circulation. And they also keep your leg warmer. That can make a difference. And the other thing is to double sock in your foot because double socks in your feet will keep your foot warmer. And that will help improve the venous circulation. The final thing to do is get up and walk. If you're sitting at your desk all day, you're not moving very much, you're not getting your circulation going. Getting up and walking can also make a difference.
0: 800-462-7413 is our number. 1-800-462-7413.
1: You did that really well. (laughs) Really. I'm a fan of that number. (laughs) 1 800
0: 462 7413 is our number. That's 1 800 462 7413. Now, before we take a short break, Zorba, let's check in with your favorite hair splitters and fault finders, the Grammar Police. actually zorba we're going to hear from what is arguably the most meticulous faction <laughs> within the grammar police the pronunciation <laughs> police. Of... oh my goodness remember them zorba again again they're tough the I following do. Do. interaction came to they us are tough. came to us from marie in grand island new york
4: hello
5: dr zorba You really stepped in it as you corrected Tom in his
4: pronunciation of Ecclesiastes. You said it was pronounced Ecclesiastes, which is a six-syllable word that you might be confusing with Ecclesiasticus. That would be from the Apocrypha, or hidden book, which was written by a man named Jesus Sarac. Ecclesiastes was written, five syllables, Ecclesiastes was written by King Solomon, and it is within the canonized scriptures but i do admire your confidence in correcting tom however it is ecclesiastes thank you <laughs> can you sh-
0: can you come here every week that's right
1: that's I right i mean you know what that's right. <laughs> she should be here and as we're talking she should she should have something like hold up a flag like a referee and say, wrong word, didn't do it right, too <laughs> many syllables. <laughs> Did
0: uh, Zorba mispronounce something on the program? Send him straight by posting on our Facebook page, or you can always <laughs> send us an email at...
1: Zorba at WPR.org.
0: We have more of your calls coming up, more listener emails, <laughs> and Zorba will be cooking up some tasty breakfast tacos all coming up on zorba pastor on your health from pri no (laughs) we have more of your calls coming up more listener emails and zorba will be cooking up some tasty breakfast tacos all coming up on zorba pastor on your health from prx the public radio exchange Tom Clark here with Family Doc Zorba Pastor on Zorba Pastor on Your Health. Before our next call, Zorba, recipe
1: time avocado breakfast tacos. I know how much you love avocados. I know that. I. I, I'm looking at your face right now and I can just tell avocado makes you smile. Yeah, I've I haven't I've had avocado in so long. <laughs> <laughs> so so you don't even I if uh, I've forgotten you you what know, it tastes like. I mean I mean the reality is I never had avocado as a kid. But if you love avocados, this recipe is for you. Okay? Let's do. And it. you need avocados, so we're gonna we're gonna mix it with something else. The first ingredient is four pieces of bacon. Four pieces bacon. Now, do you love bacon? Love is a strong word. <laughs> love is a strong word. <laughs> Now I know you love Monica. I just want to know if you love bacon. It's a thing. <laughs> I think I love,
0: a, love Monica more than I love, love bacon. bacon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: mm. Well, it starts out with four pieces of bacon. Now. You've got to choose the right bacon. I happen to like Newskis bacon. It's like the best bacon. More expensive than, you, than I normally buy. But if I'm looking for a special bacon, made in Wisconsin, always sort of the number one bacon at fancy restaurants in New York City. What's it called? Newskis. Newskis bacon. Oh, okay. It's made, Obviously, it's, you don't really – you know, bacon to you is just bacon, right? Yeah. Okay. Anyway, four pieces of bacon. Four pieces bacon. Two green onions sliced with the green and white parts separated. Got to separate them out.
0: Two green
1: onions sliced with the green and white peppers separated. That's right. The parts. The parts separated. One small red bell pepper finely diced. One small red pepper finely diced. One tablespoonful of
0: extra virgin olive oil. A big T, extra virgin olive oil. Four large eggs. For large eggs,
1: one half cup shredded cheddar cheese, a half a cup shredded cheddar cheese, one half avocado, smally diced, small. One half
0: avocado, smally
1: diced, small diced. <laughs> diced, diced, small, smally diced. The grammar police know the pronunciation police are going to get me on that. Sorry, guys, I did correct it. Um, some salt and pepper. Salt and pepper. Oh. Two tablespoons of chopped cilantro on the side, because some people don't like cilantro. Two tablespoons chopped cilantro. That's right. On the side. Very important. And four six-inch tortillas. Four six-inch tortillas. Now I know this recipe excited you, Tom. I can just tell. It just really that's right <laughs> to sleep. All right, let's make it. Yeah. Preheat the oven to four hundred degrees. Place the bacon on a baking tray. Bake for eight minutes. 18 to 20 minutes until it's crispy and let it dry in a paper towel. And of course, you can make it the old-fashioned way in a frying pan if you want to. Or you can make it the way I make it in a microwave-safe dish. Whatever way you want to make it, make that bacon. Then, heat the olive oil in a pan under medium heat. Add the white parts of the green onion and the red bell pepper. Saute for one minute. Whisk the eggs in a bowl. Then pour the beaten eggs into the pan. Use a spatula to move the eggs around as they cook, flipping them a few times until they're soft and pillowy and cooked through just the way you like it. Now, assemble the breakfast tacos by adding a portion of the eggs to the tortilla. Top it with a sprinkle of the green parts of the green onion and several pieces of crumbled bacon, a little bit of the diced avocado, a sprinkle of cheddar cheese, and if you want to, the fresh cilantro, and you've got a wonderful avocado breakfast tortilla. And uh, this is serving four tacos. That's right, which will serve four people or one person who wants to eat four tacos. That's right. Now, do you think anyone would like a copy of this recipe? Um, Well, if you say so. (laughs) If you want a copy, go to Zorba Pastor on Your Health. That's Zorba Pastor on Your Health. Or, of course, you can find us through Facebook.
0: 800-462-7413 is our number. 1-800-462-7413 one eight hundred four six two seven four one three, 462 7413 And let's see if we can help a listener now, Zorba, in El Paso, Texas.
3: Hi. Hi, guys. Um, I did gastric sleeve a few years ago, mm-hmm. and I just wanted to see if um, Dr. Zorba had any advice with that. Um, I've continued to maintain pretty much my weight loss mm-hmm. and have started a little bit not taking my, um, my, uh, vitamins right. and, um, and I wanted to see if, uh-huh. you know, I know it's probably not a good idea, but, um,
1: well, that let's go back, let's go back for a second. Uh-huh. So you did the gastric sleeve in order to lose weight. How much weight did you lose?
3: I lost about 60 pounds.
1: Wow. That's pretty impressive. That's really impressive. Now, I just want to go a little bit before you had that. What sort of counseling did you have before the surgery?
3: To be honest, I really didn't have great counseling.
1: You didn't have great counseling. Did you know a lot about eating or what wasn't great about the counseling? Because the counseling can be very important for some people. Why was it not great?
3: I think I didn't understand the full, um, full depth of what I needed to really take in. Like, what was the protein? What was uh-huh. the, um,
1: mm-hmm.
3: you know, what amounts? I still wasn't one hundred percent clear even afterwards. I so I believe, you know, I wasn't set up perfectly with that with the nutrition.
1: Uh-huh. So how did you so do, I do it afterwards? Because you lost the weight afterwards. How'd you get? Did you go get the information on the net? How did you? I felt like I mean, they you taught succeeded. me a lot
3: better after I I uh, actually had the surgery.
1: After so the surgery, I, but I'm okay. Still,
3: Okay. Yes. After the surgery, it, mm-hmm. seemed, it seemed like it was more clear. Mm-hmm. And honestly, disconnecting the emotional eating was a big struggle for me
1: too. Of course. I mean, there are a lot of people that have the surgery and fail. I mean, because they don't, because, for many, many reasons, but many reasons among them, you know, not being able to disconnect to make sure that you get rid of the other emotional eating. So you have succeeded. Um, but I want to ask a question. Why would you stop the vitamins?
3: I guess I guess you feel like you as you are able to eat more yeah. um you're taking in enough
1: But I don't know if that's really true. No, I don't think so. And I'll tell you why. You may not be absorbing the way I absorb. I don't have a gastric sleeve, so if I eat the proper nutrition, I'm going to get the right vitamins. But because you have, you know, your elementary tract, that's the tract that we use to digest, because that's been changed, the vitamins, which are inexpensive, they're not difficult to take, you want to make sure that you get enough of those vitamins. So... The answer is you're probably right. You're getting enough vitamins, but you're eating. But you may not be right every single day. In other words, if you take those vitamins every single day, they're easy. You just take the pills. You take the vitamins. Then you know they're going to be in the system. And I am not big on people taking vitamins who have normal eating because there's been no data that it really works. But I am big on people taking vitamins whenever they have any kind of a weight loss surgery.
3: Okay. Okay.
1: I'll, and I'll it's easy, I'm gonna cheap, inexpensive. It doesn't matter when you take it in the morning or in the evening. What do you What do you take? What sort of vitamins are you taking? Are you, should you be but, taking? Not what are you taking? What should you right. be taking?
3: Well, I have like the specific um, multivitamin that's um, that's for and with iron.
1: With iron. So okay. um,
3: yes so i i I actually ran out of went out of them and didn't bother to mm-hmm. renew them so I started mm-hmm. just taking like every so often uh-huh. not regularly taking just regular Dell vitamins, but I know I'm supposed to have more of the The ones that are more specific for bariatric patients.
1: Exactly, and you want you really Mm -hmm. you really want to do it, and because you want to stay healthy, and frankly, it's sort of part of staying healthy for the rest of your life. Because we know that it's a really important thing. But I want to get back on the fact you have been successful because you were able to to get rid of the emotional. Tell me a little bit about the emotional eating. I'm very interested in that.
3: Um, I mean, I saw that I I would actually you know, when I felt stressed or when I felt something, you know, I would actually just eat, you know, mm-hmm. or I would go to certain, uh, certain restaurants, um, uh, namely McDonald's, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. as mm-hmm. uh, you know, and I never really thought about it, but really it, it was a coping mechanism mm-hmm. for me. Um, and it was kind of just like, a, um, you know, I just never associated sure. the two. I always thought, Oh, I just like to eat a lot, you know, mm-hmm. but, um, but I didn't associate how much those, like, you know, having certain foods, Really did bring me some sort of comfort and did kind of provide some sort of like relaxation almost. Mm-hmm. You know, but then of course, afterwards comes the guilt and all the bad stuff.
1: So, you were able with counseling or on your own to get through that?
3: With counseling, for sure. Mm-hmm.
1: So you hit a very important part of it. The very important part of it with bariatric surgery is the proper counseling to be able to then unlink some of the the habits that you had that produced overweight in the first place. And I want to congratulate you on being successful because not everyone with this surgery is successful, and you've done it.
3: I hope so, but I worry because um, now that I'm able to eat more, I, um, I tend to push it a little bit more, and I have not I have started waiting, uh, gaining a little bit of weight as well. So. You, gotta,
1: you, know, you know something? It's a lifelong habit and a lifelong change, and you're on top yes. of it. And having worry to make sure you don't go into that where you start gaining weight is actually very important because you know that there's always that possibility, and so you've got to be vigilant for the rest of your life. Right. But congratulations, 60 pounds, that's a ton of weight. You must feel so much better.
3: Yes. Honestly, that's the biggest benefit. I can't tell you how, how I I wish it for other people. I wish there was a way to just kind of like, um, like reduce our stomach size as we go through our life and just kind of, um, like, you know, adjust it as we get, get older, but, um, because it, it's, it's so much easier to just get around, you know, and I never appreciated how, um, different that is.
1: Yes. Yes. Well, congratulations. And take your vitamins. Take your vitamins. Okay. Okay. Thanks for your call. Thank you, Dr.
3: Zorba. Thanks for sharing.
1: You
0: too. 800-462-7413 is our number. 1-800-462-7413. We have a voicemail now, Zorba, from Pewaukee, Wisconsin.
5: I have never had chicken pox in my life. I'm 67 years old. My doctor is pushing for me to have the shingles vaccine, and yet I have never had chickenpox. I've been exposed to it several times. I am wondering if indeed it uh, is important for me to have that vaccine
4: when I have not had chickenpox. Thank you.
1: Well, it's, it's quite interesting. First of all, she might have had chickenpox. She could have had one pox. I mean, some actually have a very mild case of chickenpox. And she could tell whether or not you can tell whether or not you had chickenpox with a blood test because you, there's a blood test to find out whether or not you were immune to chickenpox so her doctor could actually take a blood test and see if she ever had chickenpox and if she has you know if she's never had any antibodies to chickenpox then she probably doesn't need the shingles you know the shingles shot on the other hand there's always on the other hand. Mm-hmm. The tests are not perfect. In other words, there's always a false negative and a false positive. So, you know, if you've got antibodies to the chickenpox virus, then you probably – then you know you had chickenpox. But if you don't, then should you have the chickenpox vaccine? So if you – are, or rather the shingles vaccine. So if she doesn't want to take the shingles vaccine, then she should say, I want an antibody test to see if I had chickenpox. Then make a decision. If you've had antibodies, then you should get the vaccine. Or you could say, okay, I'll just get the shingles vaccine because I just want to be super shaved. The shingles vaccine is not necessary for anyone who never had chickenpox. And people had varicella uh, injections to keep them from getting chickenpox. And they've been around – chickenpox vaccine has been around for at least 25 years. They will never get shingles ever, ever, ever. 800-462-7413 eight hundred
0: four six two seven four one three is our number. Before the break, you're not going to believe this, Sorba, but not everyone agrees with you. So let's do the segment where we give one of Not your everyone tricks. agrees with me? No
1: <laughs> Really well, one per- only yeah. this one person. One person. Yeah. Okay. Okay. This one person to thank you. Thank yeah. you. Okay. So that person doesn't. We're going to really do sense. this
0: segment now, where you give one of your critics some airtime. Okay. This is disagreeing with the doc. Disagreeing with the doc.
3: Disagreeing with the doc. Oh oh oh.
0: The following email came from Claudia, who writes, "Hello, I've been tuning into the show whenever I can." and have been impressed with the sound and sensible advice that Dr. Pastor gives. Nice. That's why I was really surprised and very disappointed to hear him advise taking a leave two tablets two times a day Mm -hmm. almost Mm -hmm. indefinitely. Uh Having worked for a pharmaceutical company for 20 years, I know that all drugs, over-the-counter or not, carry potential risks, especially if they're not taken as the label indicates. Aleve is a very powerful (laughs) NSAID, which at one time was prescription only until the FDA approved going over the counter, which, of course, dramatically increased the profit for the company. Most people are very <laughs> trusting and assume yes, if you don't trusting, need a prescription,
1: like that's right,
0: <laughs> it might be safe. To hear Dr. Pastor give the advice over the air was very upsetting, and I just
1: wanted to share my concerns with you. Well, thank you. Thank you for your concern. Now – Let's talk about naproxen, which is a leave. First of all, it's a generic, so it's cheap and it's inexpensive. So mm-hmm. uh, when it when it actually went over the counter, I think it was a generic at that time, and then somebody branded it as a leave. But anyone could make a leave at that time. But anyway, it's it's a generic at this time. When the FDA approved it as an over the counter drug, just like ibuprofen, they approved it at half the maximal dose. So in other words. For leave, it's 220 milligrams, and they say one tablet twice daily. Uh, and uh, a common prescription strength for naproxen was 500 milligrams twice daily. So two leave twice daily approaches a common prescription strength. Now can you take it every day for the rest of your life? No, she's 100% correct. And I really don't recommend that people necessarily take it indefinitely. But I do recommend that a lot of people take it on a regular basis because it helps their arthritis. And that allows them to move and feel better and improves quality of life. And that's where all drugs you take, over-the-counter or prescription, which help alleviate pain, and it's a typical anti-inflammatory. It's not any more powerful than ibuprofen, any more powerful than most of the other anti-inflammatories. But if they improve your quality of life, then you have to look at how do you actually monitor it? Do you do kidney function tests, which is what we often do? And as we get to be older in time, you're one of those older people oh, yeah. in, in <laughs> life. You may, you may not take the same dosage, and that's where you need a healthcare professional, a doctor, a nurse practitioner, an advanced, uh, an advanced healthcare provider to look and say, can I take that to leave twice a day? Is it safe for me? And you make an on- You know, you make a decision with that. But I think she has a good point. Over-the-counter drugs taken on a regular basis may also have side effects and should not be taken willy-nilly. And that's where you need to have an advocate to figure out what's right for you. Mm. Do you
0: disagree with the good doc? Just post on our Facebook page or send us an email at Zorba at WPR.org. More of your calls coming up, another interesting topic to discuss, and Zorba will be answering more of your emails, all coming up on Zorba Pastor on Your Health from PRX. Tom Clark here with family doc Zorba Pastor on Zorba Pastor on Your Health. Before our next call, Zorba, problematic bacteria found in fermented foods
1: might help dispel bad breath. Right, right. So uh – some people have halitosis, you know, halitosis. Don't you remember? Teenager – well, you probably don't remember being a teenager in the first place. <laughs> but, you know, some teenagers had more halitosis than others and they would, oh, my God, your breath. And it turns out there's certain bacteria that live in our mouth. And I'm going to give you the – I'm going to do this. Lactobacillus salivaris. Got it? Okay. It's on the test. You Whatever that means. <clears throat> Lactobacillus Ruteri, Streptococcus salivaris, and Wysella sibaria may actually work. These are bacteria that you put in your mouth that may actually work to reduce halitosis. Oh. In other words, these probiotics. So it turns out, that halitosis is from sulfuric compounds uh, that that are in your body, and some people just produce more of these sulfuric compounds, and they're produced by mouth bacteria because of mixing of food debris. Food debris. Remember, when you eat, Tom, there's debris in your mouth, right? Debris in my mouth. That's right, because you don't swallow everything. kind of gets stuck in the gums. That's why you brush your teeth. And this food debris are associated with poor – often with poor dental hygiene. But also some people just have more sort of – these sulfur compounds in their mouth and if you take these probiotic bacteria lactobacillus salivarius lactobacillus I'm not going to pronounce them three or four times it may reduce these sulfuric compounds so this is really important stuff because some people are really bothered by it I mean they actually have bad breath and especially if you're dating when was the last time you dated? (laughs) I got you on that didn't I? (laughs) You got you on that you know So especially when you're dating, this is really – this is why people use mouthwash. That's why you've got whole counters of mouthwash because they want to do it. But it may be having the right probiotics. So I've got an answer for this. You know what my answer is? No, I don't. Fermented foods. Yogurt. Yogurt is the best probiotic. Eating yogurt slowly so you have lactobacillus in your mouth may actually help. Also, sourdough bread may also is a probiotic. Miso soup, miso soup that you can get in Japanese restaurants, but it's actually very easy to make at home, is also basically, these are commented probiotics, but fermented food may also help. And a, and a really good fermented food that we eat in Wisconsin that I know you love, sauerkraut. <laughs> sauerkraut may actually help reduce bad breath in your mouth. And if you want to, at almost every store in Wisconsin, you can get kraut juice. So you can actually have sauerkraut juice in the morning to get rid of your bad breath. What do you think?
0: The, I think these are solutions to a problem that doesn't
1: exist. <laughs> for you, because you're not dating. But for people that are dating, getting rid of that bad breath may be the difference when you were dating between the, love when and you no were love. Did you have bad breath? And did people ever say, Hey, anything I do look. I've been married for 49 and a half years. Do you think <laughs> I remember whether or not I had bad breath? Obviously, I didn't because look at it. Penny and I obviously dated and have four children, so I must not have bad breath. But I eat yogurt. Yogurt. 800 462
0: 7413 is our number. 1 800 462 7413. And now, Zorba, let's see if we can help a listener in the Bronx, New York. Hi.
4: Hello. How
0: can we help?
4: Uh, My daughter is in a uh, naturopathic doctor. Mm -hmm. And my daughter happens to have rheumatoid arthritis. Okay. okay? And she was doing very well under a rheumatoid uh, doctor down in the city. Mm -hmm. However, this naturopathic doctor is teaching her not to listen to medical doctors, Uh okay? Mm -hmm. So she's not taking her medications. That's the main thing right Mm -hmm. now, and she's Mm -hmm. getting very sick, and Mm -hmm. she thinks she's going to get better over time. Mm -hmm. At the same time, she's selling her um, a lot of supplements. Uh, She's getting raw milk. Mm -hmm. She's telling her, uh, I listen to a podcast. She has a podcast, and I listen to a couple of things, and uh, it's scary to hear that. uh, For example, I'll give you an example, uh kidney stones, she says that cannot be checked by a doctor and they were both laughing her and her husband <laughs> uh, yeah so uh, you know laughing at the doctors and um, all these things and my daughter is getting worse this of is going course. on for about a year and i wanted wow. to share it with this mm-hmm. with you and i have a feeling that this is this is a scam okay because he also the husband sells shirts on on the of podcast of course of
1: course and they're selling supplements that they take that's what they're doing Is that also the case?
4: Well, she's selling that not through the podcast, but through the meeting she has with my daughter. That I don't even know how much money. Right, right, right. Of
1: course. Well, they're expensive. The supplements they take are very expensive, and they're worthless when it comes to rheumatoid arthritis. Now... They're worthless in and of themselves. So let's talk a little bit about rheumatoid arthritis. It's an autoimmune disease. It's very important to treat it the right way or you get joint destruction. And joint destruction, you can get weak, you can get pain, you can get permanent joint destruction. We have a number of medications that are new that really work for rheumatoid arthritis. They stop the destructive process. You need a rheumatologist to actually do it. And if your daughter is just going to a naturopath who says, Regular doctors are no good. She's going to the wrong place. There's yes. no doubt about it. And she's getting worse. And But Romal, she doesn't, she doesn't want to, to hear it. No, no. She
4: doesn't no, want to hear no. it.
1: How old is your daughter?
4: She's 46, and uh-huh. she has a great, great rheumatologist doctor who had her very healthy. She was really doing fantastically well. Huh. And uh, now she's not listening to
1: anybody else. She's just terrible. And she's getting worse. So yes. what do you say? What uh, Do you have a good relationship with your daughter? Yes, yes. Oh, uh-huh. Is she married? Does she have any children or no, anything? No, like no, she's yeah. not married. Not does she, she have not a, does she have a job? Yes, she Is she has, working? she's a teacher, yes. Uh-huh. She's she's a, so she's intelligent. She's a teacher. She knows how to gather information. So, and she's getting worse. How do you think you can bring her into another spot where she goes? Maybe I should go to, back to my rheumatologist. She's getting worse. What, what do you think? How do you think she's gotten into this scam and still believes it when she's an intelligent teacher who knows about things? I don't
4: know. I don't know. She mm-hmm. got it probably through a social worker who mm-hmm. believes told her because she told me too that her son was very sick Mm -hmm. and with all these natural things, he got better and he doesn't need medication. So I think she was kind of manipulated in some ways from the social worker who is probably connected with
1: her. Yeah, she definitely sounds like it was manipulated. Well, here's what you should do. So first of all, you've got to say on a regular basis without, you know, causing any guilt at all. Look, you're not getting better. You're actually getting worse. You know, I talked to this doctor on the radio who said naturopathic can work along with regular medical care. In other words, you can go, with a, why don't you try another naturopathic physician? In other words, get a different naturopathic physician. And then you do some research on naturopathic physicians who also work with rheumatologists. In other words, don't say forget naturopathy and just go back to the rheumatologist. She may not buy that. She may buy that you should go to a naturopathic physician who also works with rheumatologists. And you might talk to the rheumatologist and say, do you know any naturopathic physicians who work with you? And they might have a suggestion of somebody who they work with. Because yes. that's the way to do it. In other words, get her to com- combine both complementary and alternative medicine with regular medical care. And you might be able to sell it that way with your daughter. But you've got to get a her. That's very off-
4: good advice.
1: Very good. You've got to get her off of the grips of this. And the way, you're not get- the way that won't work is saying, forget naturopathic, just go look at both of them together. And I would approach the rheumatologist. That's what I would do. Thanks. I hope oh, this my goodness. Thank you
4: so much for the good advice, Dr. Zorba. I appreciate it. By the way, Zorba, a Greek name?
1: Ah, it is a Greek name. Mm-hmm. It is? A it, Greek is? Name. Yes. Yes, oh, it is? Yes, yes,
4: it is. okay. Great. Zorba the Greek. Yeah, <laughs> you got it. <laughs> All right. Very good. Thank you very You're much. You're welcome.
1: Thanks a Bye. lot. Thank you. We
0: appreciate the call <laughs> at 800-462-7413. Okay, Zorba, let's crack open the Zorba Pastor on Your Health inbox now and take a listener email. The following question came from Maggie in Madison, Wisconsin, who writes, Hi, Zorba. I love the taste of coffee, but don't usually drink it since I already regularly take prescribed stimulants. On days I don't take my meds, it's nice to indulge. Unfortunately, after one cup of coffee or even a half a cup, I feel nauseous, tired, mm. shaky, oh, weak, what a shame. and just plain sick. <laughs> why does a little coffee make me feel so sick mm-hmm. when my Adderall does not? And why don't I have the same issue after drinking a rare
1: bottle of Coke?
0: <laughs> Thank you.
1: Well, first of all, if you're drinking regular coffee with caffeine, it has more caffeine in it than Coke. So that's one, that's one issue. Adderall is a stimulant and some people on Adderall don't tolerate caffeine. So, I mean, I don't know how many milligrams are in Coke of caffeine, but it's, but it's, it's minimal compared to a cup of coffee. She could certainly try decaf coffee and see if it works, but the reality is she may not tolerate coffee because it interacts with Adderall. And that's kind, of, that's kind of the way it is, in which case this drink is not for you, and you've got to go to like decaf tea or an herbal tea blend, something like that. Mm-hmm. Do you have
0: a health question for the good doc? Just post on our Facebook page or
1: send us an email at... Zorba at WPR.org, or you could write Tom at (laughs) WPR.org.
0: That'd that'd be a big help. 800-462-7413 is our number. 1-800-462-7413. Now let's hear a voicemail from a listener in Winona, Minnesota.
5: Hi, I'm listening right now to the show and love it. Thanks so much for it. Anyway, you, rec- you recommend Gabapentin for restless leg, but I don't know how much. My husband has it and is driving me nuts. In fact, it's driving me to sleep on the couch. Thanks again for the show. It's wonderful. Bye now. Uh,
1: there are a number of drugs for restless legs. So first of all, the anti-Parkinsonian drugs work very well. We Quip, R-E-Q-U-I-P, which is now a generic, works well. I think it's like two to four milligrams. I don't remember the exact dose. But gabapentin also can work well for restless legs. One... 100 milligrams, 200, 300, up to 600 milligrams a day will work. And you want to take it uh, an hour before you go to sleep. But taking either one of those drugs can make a difference. And frankly, if it's keeping you awake so that you can't sleep with your husband, you've got to find the right drug that works. They are prescription drugs. Call your family doc, find out what works, and try a different drug. If one doesn't work, you try another one and work out the dosage. One dose does not work for everyone. It can be different for different people. 800-462-7413
0: 800-462-7413 is our number. 1-800-462-7413. Before we head out, Zorba, we get so many questions from our wonderful listeners. Wonderful, wonderful. But we They're also, all
1: wonderful. But. Every single one. But. <laughs> but. <laughs> he mean some are not wonderful?
0: We also <laughs> get calls from listeners who just want to share a comment or a health tip. So it's time again for the segment we call Caller Comments. This is a bunch of Caller Comments. People calling us with their health tips. Thanks. We appreciate it. Okay, Zorba. First, let's hear from a listener in Buffalo, New York.
5: I believe that uh, the reason why carnation and other canned milk is not good for children, one of the reasons is her thickening in the milk, they put carrageenan in there, and carrageenan is red algae, which uh, irritates a lot of people, and I think it caused a lot of people to have allergies. I know I have an allergy to foods that have carrageenan in it, and I'm 65. Um, I think a lot of babies were allergic to it. When they would stop having their bottle, they would cry and cry and cry, and doctors said, oh, um, mothers don't know how to mix the milk, they're they're mixing it too thick, and mothers would say, "Are you kidding? I'm pinching pennies. I make it even thinner," and the babies would cry when they would finish their bottles because they were irritated. I think the uh, the fact that they're downplaying the addition of carrageenan in foods is just testimony to them not wanting to admit carrageenan is not good for all humans. Thank
1: you. So carrageenan, you know, is a food additive that's used. Uh, that 's used, and so she may be intolerant of it. It is commonly used in food i don 't know actually what the uh, what the prevalence of of this particular food allergy is, but getting back to the carnation instant milk it 's not for babies, not instant milk the carnation you know evaporated milk it was used during the depression formula is completely different in the way it 's done and uh, uh, during the time you know recently when there were supply shortages for formula, and uh, moms and dads were starting to use this old fashioned carnation instant milk, a can of carnation insta- of rather evaporated milk, can of water, and then a tablespoon of Karo syrup. No, you don't use it for babies. It is not good formula, and it's not the carrageenan. It's the whole thing. Don't use it for kids. And finally, Zorba, here's K in Madison, Wisconsin.
5: Uh, just a comment on the pineapple recipe. Um, it, historically, the reason pineapples were uh, the symbol of uh, hospitality is that when the whaling captains would come home from the South Seas, they would stake a pineapple on their front yard so their neighbors would know they were home. So it's a nice festive thing. And actually, the recipe that you had was the classic uh you know chinese uh recipe uh which i highly recommend they put all the best
1: things in it and and soy sauce makes my muscles feel very good thank you Oh, how wonderful! I didn't. Know, I knew that pineapples were a sign of hospitality, and I knew that it, it was an old sign. So I'm really glad that is very interesting to to know that now. So, and when you want to show people that you're home from whaling, don't you put a pineapple in front of your house? Always, always. That's always. That's always. Yeah, always there. There we go. There we go. Tom's back from his ship. <laughs> <laughs> Do
0: you have a helpful tip for the show? Just post it on our Facebook page or send us an email at Zorba at WPR.org. See you next week, Zorba. Stay well, Tom. If you miss anything during the show or just want to stream the show online anytime, visit us
1: on the web. At ZorbaPastor.org. And you can see great pictures of Tom with various smiles and of me too. So we've got a great website. Come visit us. (laughs) Don't... (laughs) And don't forget, you can call
0: us anytime. Anytime. 24 Leave us
1: your question at 800 462 7413. Yeah. I got it. You got
0: it. Zorba Pastor on Your Health is a production of Wisconsin Public Radio. It's not intended as a medical diagnosis, so please do check with your doc. Our executive producer is Carl Christians. Hooray! Our technical director is Brad Kohlberg. Hooray! Our theme music is by Leo and Ben Sidron. Hooray! For Zerba Pastor, I'm Tom Clark, at least for now, asking you to join us on the next
4: Zerba Pastor on your head.
5: Did you miss something on today's show? Simply go to ZorbaPastor.org to catch up on all things Zorba. There you will find recipes from the show, links to the Facebook page, Zorba's Healthy Living Articles, and you can subscribe to the weekly podcast. On the web, that's ZorbaPastor.org.